As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's a new day! Yes, it is! Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome... To Wild and Crazy Guys! The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. For the win. We're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. The most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHGO, it's Adam Hope. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flues? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are. What's up? Welcome in Hogue and Johns with you as we get ready for the last preseason game, the third and final preseason. It's a dress rehearsal, Adam. A dress rehearsal. Do you know the last time that we've covered a Bears dress rehearsal in the preseason? Like what you're referring to as where the starters actually play? Yes, an entire half or close to an entire first half, sometimes in the second quarter. Um, I'm going to go with in the John Fox era. Yes. So 2017. Okay. August 27th, 2017 in Nashville against the Titans. Cam Meredith got hurt in that game. That is the the biggest, well, most unfortunate part of that game. Uh, Mike Glennon threw for 134 yards and a touchdown. Derrick Henry was stopped. Nine carries, 24 yards. Of course, Cam Meredith hurt. And then we had Mitch Trubisky's bomb to... We talked about this on the podcast the other day. Was it Treat Cohen? No, 45-yard bomb down the left sideline to dive in ben, receiver. Ben, Bron- ben Broniker? No. It was still a receiver? In the, still in the league. You looked up his stats. Uh, I looked up his... St- oh, uh, Anthony Miller? No, James, no. man. No, that's a... Who is it? Tanner Gendry. Oh, yeah. See, that's how much I care about that. <laughs> we literally did talk about that like three days ago. <laughs> yes, we did. And you I've looked already... up the stats. <laughs> well, I keep trying to get Tanner Gentry out of my head, and you and Kevin just keep cramming it back into my brain. Naming awards after him. Let me live in peace. But that was the last dress rehearsal. 
that we covered. Then Matt Nagy came in after that, and we all know we hated the preseason. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, he, he. No, don't care. Yeah. Matt Nagy did that not was care him. about yeah. the preseason. Yeah. Uh, welcome in. Here we go. Hopefully no Cam Meredith injuries Saturday night because I do think these guys need to play and it makes sense. But follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Um, of course, we're actually, so here's the deal. We're going to, what are we going to do? Like come back Monday, Tuesday with well, the power. We won't have our, one Saturday our, night. Our game week, our regular season game week. Although, no, this is uh, kind of just a, Without the fourth preseason game, just kind of yeah. another week. So probably Tuesday, Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah, and I apologize for that. Um, it's mainly on me. I I have a very important wedding Saturday night um, with my cousin who stood up at my wedding, and so um, sorry preseason game. And you have a football you, game you, Friday, right? I do. We yep. We start tomorrow night. Carmel versus Antioch should be a good one. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I am nervously excited. I love it. It's yes, it's uh, it's a big one. So looks like a cool night too. Seventy degrees. It's it's Great funny how they, I, I was looking at the forecast too. Like even next week, it goes back into the eighties, and then like once you get to Friday, it goes. It's like something about the weather. It knows it's a high school football night. The same thing happened last year. Like it cooled down that first night, our first game, and all of a sudden it was in like the low sixties by the second half. It's hoodie hoodie yeah. football weather. Love it, and that's the way it should be. Absolutely. Plus, nobody wants to be playing football in 80-degree weather. As much as I love the heat. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, We're actually going to sneak in a little high school football talk at the end. But um, first of all, we got to talk about a former Bears offensive coordinator. (laughs) Why? When you brought this up, I'm like, why? This is going to be one of those discussions where we're going to talk about it. What did Ron Turner do? Yeah, come on, Ron Turner. What's Dow Loggins up to these days? Adam Gase? I think Dow Loggins is a... Last I saw, he was coaching in Arkansas. Back to his alma mater. His alma mater. That was last year, though. So I don't know if he's. I don't know if he got another job. No, this is Mike. Is Terry Shea causing trouble? I don't. That is a guy. I definitely don't know what's going on. John Shoup up to no good. <laughs> I'm going Jesus. through names here. Dow Loggins still the tight ends coach at Arkansas. Once the Bears offensive coordinator. I, I want like to say Dow. they had a good year last year. Dow Loggins turning things around in Arkansas. I don't know. All right, now, what did Mike, Mike Mars say? What did he do? Oh, he shit all over the Bears. <laughs> he ranked he ranked the NFC quarterbacks and he put Justin Fields last behind Jared Goff. Um, which, by the way, if you want to make that See, argument, I'm, not, right, I'm, not, I'm okay with that. That's yeah, I, I, I probably wouldn't do it, but if you want to make an argument for that, fine. But his whole thing was, um, oh, let's see here. See, I, I under, what did he I'll say? read Go it ahead. to you. I'll read it. It's not, that, it's not very long. Then there's Chicago's Justin Fields. Fields is a guy that makes a lot of mistakes and is not particularly accurate at times. He's not a quick read and react guy, and he's on a horrendous team. But I don't know if I've seen an offense that bad in talent since the 0-16 Detroit Lions in 2008. They just don't have anybody there. It's a bad football team right now. Um, 
it's going to be a rough career for Fields there. And I've seen a lot of really good players go to bad teams, and then their career just never takes off. And I think that's what will happen with Fields. It's going to take a long time for them to get talent there. He needs to be on a good football team behind really good players for a couple years to learn how to play the position. But when you put a guy behind a bad offensive line and you have no talent at wide receiver and you tell him to just go make big plays, he's going to learn bad habits. You start doing stupid stuff just trying to survive. When Steve Young got to Tampa, that happened to him. He goes to San Francisco, and now he's in the Hall of Fame. I'm not comparing Fields to Steve, but that's just the situation, the scenario that he's in. Mm. That's pretty much the crux of it. Mike Um, Martz almost makes it seem like you need a Hall of Fame quarterback, two Hall of Fame receivers, a Hall of Fame running back, and a Hall of Fame left tackle to make an offense work. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That would be the greatest show in turf, the old St. Louis Rams. (laughs) Well said. Um, and here's the other thing. Like, look, if you want if you want to crap on the Bears' talent, like you're certainly not the first one to do that this offseason. But how can you do that without at least? I'm not surprised you didn't mention Cole Komet. This is the guy that didn't have use for Greg Olson. Speaking of, is Greg Olson a Hall of Famer? No. You don't think he'll yeah. be in the Hall of Fame? Not sure. Not sure where his numbers stack up, but okay. I think he deserves consideration. He's a really damn good tight end, though. Mike Martz didn't have use for him. Bye-bye. So I'm not surprised he's got no respect at all for Cole Komet. Um, but to not even mention Darnell Mooney, to say that they have no wide receiver talent, it just that shows you're just not paying attention. If you want to say they have Darnell Mooney and nobody else, okay, fine. But it just shows you you're not paying attention. Then he goes... Uh, he goes on to say they were so bad coaching wise. The head coach there, Matt Nagy, didn't know what he wanted to do with him. It's a no win situation, and I feel bad for the kid. He needs to be on a good team where he can back somebody up for a year or two. If he got to some place like San Francisco, maybe it would work out for him. But I don't see it working out at all in Chicago. Does he know they changed coaches? I don't know. Um, Does he know that they're basically trying to run San Francisco's offense now? <laughs> Probably not. Okay. My initial reaction, this is what I sent. I went to my phone. I sent this to Kevin Fishbane. Do your research. At 5.43 p.m. last night. You know how we all get notifications on our our tweet machine, our our Twitter feed. You know, I I get the uh, the Bears stuff and uh, Justin Fields stuff like that. So my text to him at 5.43 p.m. last night, I'm out the door taking my son or going to a football meeting actually is why is Mike March being talked about on Twitter? <laughs> Calvin's response. No idea. <laughs> um, I get it. It's inflammatory. Like it, it's almost to the point where like criticism of the bears, you need to like call it out of it. Like, especially if it's like live, right. And you start ripping the bears for not having talent. Like, okay. They don't have talent. Name me. They're starting five offensive linemen right now. Let's see how closely you're actually following along and tell me where they were drafted. Or, you know, tell me how many receiving yards Darnell Mooney had last year. Or how Cole Komet, like what would his numbers project as after, you know, doubling's production in, in year two. I, that's the stuff I think needs to come into the conversation. Oh, some of the criticism out there. I'm not, and the Bears are open to criticism. Like if you want to rank Justin Fields as the fourth best quarterback in the division. I'm okay with that. Just look at the numbers. 
Yeah. It's fine with me. That's what the numbers say from last year. 100% okay with that. But at least know that Matt Nagy's not coaching the darn team anymore. <laughs> know where Matt Nagy is. I saw him on TV last week. Chiefs are... This is how much I care about. Maybe I'm Matt Nagy. I watched almost that entire game, and now I can't even think of who the Chiefs were playing. It's the preseason. Who, who were the Chiefs playing in that game? Wow. Like, I watched a lot of it. Bills? Um, does that sound right? No, I don't think they were playing the Bills. Mark Tressman's face just popped up on my computer, by the way, because <laughs> oh. he also writes for this website, the 33rd whoa, team. Whoa. And I like that website. I don't mean to be shitting on what they with what Mike Martz wrote, but, I mean, he... Well, no, no, here's the thing. You can... I actually like the website, too. They do a lot of good stuff. It's all, like, former players, coaches. That's the uh, GMs. That's the, It's actually a really cool concept, but doesn't mean that... Um, like, there, there's one thing I learned long ago, long ago is... Like, you could tell which former players, former GMs, former coaches who enter the media, like, do their actual homework. Yeah. We have some darn good ones in Chicago who do their homework on the radio, on TV. But sometimes the, the national folks, when they come jumping in, you get what you get. You know, there's some unfamiliar area or infamiliar, whatever that word is, non-familiar. Um, uh Remember when he went on TV? Yeah. He did not do his homework. I'll never forget the first time John Fox was on TV with ESPN that year. And he was actually, they asked him to talk about uh, Vic Fangio and the Bears. And like, here's a great opportunity to like provide some great insight with the guy. Like you brought him there. You know these players. And he just like, he gave a John Fox press conference. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I think, you know, you know, well done. It'd be well said. So he's back to coaching. My thought on that is I would have told the ESPN producer, let's not forget how things ended in Chicago between Vic Fangio and John Fox. Did not see yeah. eye to eye, and I'm putting that lightly. <laughs> All right. Well, by the way, Greg Olson, thanks to Kent, Greg Olson, seventh in yards, fifth in receptions, all time for tight ends. Can I what? just go back? Like oh, March, yes. trade that guy. Yes. Greg Olson in consideration for the Hall of Fame. Since you brought up Mike Martz, I went back to those. I looked up to 2008 Lions. Can you tell me who their quarterbacks were? Dan Orlovsky? Yeah, it's one. 25-year-old Dan Orlovsky. Was he the starter or the backup? Um, They had a whole bunch of guys that started. <sighs> I'm trying they had to th- a 36-year-old John Kitna. Okay. And a 31-year-old Dante Culpepper. Oh, my God. I forgot Dante was on that team. Wow. And that was the year after Mike Martz left. Yes, the year after Mike Martz left. Where a former Bears defensive coordinator was the head coach still. Yeah, Rod Marinelli. Rod Marinelli. And Matt Millen was the uh, GM. I think he got fired midseason. He was fired in week three. So, a lot of things factored into that season becoming the, them becoming an 0 16 team. Pretty bad. Man, their games like weren't barely even close. Are you looking at it now? Yeah. 
They had some. They had a few close games, but really, they were forty-seven to ten, <laughs> forty-two to seven. <laughs> yeah. Whoo! All right. Uh, good reminiscing about Detroit. Still entertaining though in Hard Knocks. Don't know. Read Dan Pompey's story on the Athletic about Dan Campbell. Yeah, I still need to do that. It's on my to-do list. Very good. Very yeah. good. So, I really like him. I mean, he Dan really Pompey, is. Good guy. <laughs> well, Dan Pompey too. Dan, both Dan's. I mean, I know Dan Pompey a little bit better than Dan Campbell. Uh, but Dan Campbell, I just he is the dude. He is the Big Lebowski in football coach form, and is very entertaining. That's a great way to put it. He's extremely likable. I know, but I'm just like, you know, would you think the Big Lebowski could coach football? I think he can. I think he can motivate. I just think they need better players. Well, they do, but I don't know. There's something that's still... See, I think they'll play hard for Dan Campbell. I do, too. They just need talent. I I I worry though how much I, I worry about two things. I worry about you can play hard but still make mistakes because you're not fundamentally sound. Or um you take it over the edge, you have penalties. That's why I want like the theme right now in hard knocks is how they're still making mistakes. David Blau, who obviously shouldn't be playing football for them in the regular season, but he dropped a snap in the first preseason game right at the end when they were trying to win. You know, they're still kicking themselves in the foot. You have to... Well, they're shooting over, themselves like in the you, foot. Like I, I, you, you kick yourself in the foot. I don't think it's the right reference there. Put it this way. You have to stop being the Lions in order to win some games. Right. We always say the Lions are the Lions. Yes. That would be an example of the Lions being the Lions. Yeah. Now, the Bears being the Bears are just maybe a notch above that, given our experience. But I like where things are headed with Matt Eberflus. I really do. I just sometimes worry, like, there's too much rah-rah there. You know, uh, actually, I'm going to give Dan Bernstein credit because I heard him say this on the radio yesterday, and I think I agree with it. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe Dan Campbell's the guy. I think, by the way, I think Dan Campbell's going to get them to – kind of where they were more under Jim Caldwell, where they were like nine and seven, you know, in the mix. Confident Certainly not awful. Team. But but Bernstein said this and I agree with it. It's like you can't be on eleven all the time. Like you, you know, Matt Eberflus is preaching a lot of the same stuff. Hustle, run, physical, which is something I want to talk about uh Tuesday's practice in a second. But Matt's still like Relatively even keeled, and well, you you could be on eleven if you drink that much coffee. <laughs> well, I, that's what I'm just like. At some point, when you're on eleven all the time, and then you start losing games, like it's hard to keep that up. It's hard to have the players still buy in the whole time. I think that's going to be the struggle there. He said, uh, Bernstein said too. He's like, you know, that's you, that's like you should have an assistant coach on your team that's like that not the head coach and then he's like that's like your tight ends coach and i'm and i'm in my car driving listening I'm like he was a tight ends coach like yeah, that's where he yeah. was you know what i mean like so See, like my counter argument to that is we saw that with the bears where mark tressman wasn't that guy where jody camillus was the the fire and brimstone 
right hand man, right? The assistant head coach to Mark Tressman. Yeah, but Tressman was at like a one. Like you got to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I know, I get it, but he's the one who has to hold the team accountable. At the end of the day, there's the head coach and everybody else. It's still his team. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, hey, look, I'm I'm here for it. I I find it entertaining. The Lions are way more entertaining than they were under Matt Patricia, and I think those games are gonna be are gonna be fun. So, um, I have a Tressman uh, bite here. Ah, it's too long. Nah, how long? I don't know. Here, let's see if it. I think this will work. It's a Potsy asking Tressman a question. You've got some unknowns here. Do you have to be more patient? Can you not be as patient? I mean, how, 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 how difficult is that? I, I can't uh, create a hypothetical on how I'm going to feel. I can't, I can't do that. I mean, I just, I can't, I don't know how I'm going to feel. I'm just, I know how I feel right now. I feel real good. You know, I'm excited about the game. You know, I, I don't know how I'm going to feel on, on Monday when the game's over. I'm going to have a multiple, a, a lot of things. I guess if you said a certain... I mean, this, this is just, fo- this, but it's just football. You know, we have expectations that we're going to play very well, and here's why. We work hard at it. We prepare hard at it. Now we can get into all the hypotheticals. Well, we don't have a lot of experience. We haven't played together. This is a new team. We can do all that, but 31 other teams are saying the same thing. They all are. Everybody's saying the same thing. So that's why it's exciting, isn't it? Because we don't really know. You know, we know we got a talented team. I think we all see that. we got talented players. Phil's done a great job of bringing in some young players. He's done a great job of bringing in some free agents. You know, just look across the board defensively, what we've done there. Uh, there's no doubt we have a talented team. Uh, this team likes each other. Um, but we got to play the games now. And uh, as we continue to work through the first month, we'll get, a, we'll get a good look, and you'll get an honest evaluation with content on, on where we are at the present time. And, and I mean that respectfully, you know that. I just, I just can't comment on, on how I'm going to feel on, on Monday. You know, I, I yeah, can throw other questions. <laughs> <laughs> Objection sustained. Next. <laughs> oh, man. The memory is number one. Okay, to, to my point, I don't know why that is labeled in my computer as Tressman fired up. So that's kind of to my point. Like, that was him being fired up. You know, you gotta, you got. I guess my point is like, coaches need to be able to go, you know, find the right moments to get up to eleven. You can't just be there all the time. You also can't be at one all the time. Like, you gotta know when to push the right buttons. That's part of being a head coach. So, I don't know why this just turned into like a reminiscing over former Bears coaches segment, but play callers. That's that's what happened. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.
If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Let's talk about this game. What do we need to learn Saturday night? That's kind of how I want to approach this. Like what? What matters? Yes, the starters are going to play, but what's left to be determined that needs to be in, in terms out? of like roster spots, roster spots. Okay, um, like who can do what? Is there anything that you're really going to pull out of this game with Justin Fields that's going to matter? Well, you want to experience some success, some type of rhythm. Um, I think it starts at, a, at, at like a personal level. Like Roquan Smith needs snaps. David Montgomery needs snaps. How much they get? I don't know. They strike me as the first players that would be removed from the game if Maddie Bruflew saw fit. Like, they are probably on a snap count. They're not getting the 25 snaps. They're probably out there for a series each. Too valuable. Too much ramping up still to do for Roquan Smith. But they need live game experience. They should get it. How much? I don't know. But for players like Tevin Jenkins... The entire first half, every snap he gets is valuable. It's more experience at a position he's not played at this level. Yeah, Larry Bore and, and like having Larry Bore right next to him, like you could pair them in this conversation if you want. But for Tevin Jenkins specifically, this game's important. It's valuable game reps in a live game situation. I think for both Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum, like the whether or not they start Week One is probably determined by this. Like this game, I I I think that that's probably what don't you don't you agree with that? Yeah. If they struggle, then I think that maybe they go back to Michael Schofield, Riley Reef. If they knock it out of the park, then I think that they're they're starting. What do you make of Riley Reef practicing almost exclusively? I would say exclusively as the backup left tackle instead of getting reps at right tackle. I think, I mean, unless there's going to be a sudden shift here where all of a sudden Braxton Jones isn't the starting left tackle, uh, which I would really question, wouldn't you at this point? I think, again, this is just my opinion, I think they're preparing for the inevitable ups and downs that Braxton Jones is going to experience, whether or not he can get out of those downs 
fast. Yeah. I, I think, well, maybe, but so I look at it more like they're preparing Riley Reef to be the swing tackle. Probably. Yeah. And it's been a while since he's got reps at left tackle. So. Yeah. Unless, yeah, I, I it would be very surprising and, and confu- honestly confusing if after all this Braxton Jones stuff, they said, nope. No, no, I, like I don't think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to lose his job in this game unless it's horrendous and he gets banged up a bit. But I think they're preparing for the inevitable rookie wall. Whether mm-hmm. or not it comes early, late, if it ever, he's still a fifth-round pick playing left tackle in the NFL. There's going to be some ups and downs for him, as much as they like him. Well, and you always have to have your backup prepared, right? Yes. So, you, you know, they got rid of... Uh, who they cut the other day? <laughs> the Davenport they cut the other day. Sean Coleman. <sighs> you want Sean Coleman playing left tackle for Riley Reef is going to yeah. be your backup. Right. I mean, so your other option is Larry Borum. Yeah. At left yeah. tackle. And I put this in my column for tomorrow. I mean, the word's out there. The Bears are still looking at offensive linemen. 100% are looking at offensive linemen. Well, there are certain things come to fruition. Time will tell, but they're... They're calling around and looking around. So watch that waiver wire when some of these cuts start coming in after this weekend. A tackle, guard, Both, center, everything, all, all the above, all the above. Yeah, I I think that's going to be the case at a number of positions. I at wide receiver too. How about cornerback? They are surprisingly light at corner. All of a sudden, very light. There's not a lot of depth there. Jalen Johnson. Kyler Gordon, Kendall Vildor, and then you have Tavon Young, Thomas Graham Jr., guys who haven't practiced in weeks. I know. Then you go to Duke Shelley. It's the same thing at wide receiver. Like when I rank the wide receivers and the two through six guys basically haven't practiced in a couple weeks, it's a problem. And everybody else, you're like, I don't think they're going to make the team. It's like, well, then who the hell is going to play against the 49ers? Five tight ends. <laughs> they don't even have five tight ends. That's the one room that looks like it's set. Yeah. I have Kyler Gordon down as a player who needs to play better as opposed to his preseason debut in Seattle. Oh, I agree. But again, context needs to be given here. That was his first game after not practicing in a bit. Only had a couple practices before that game. Of course, there were going to be some rough moments. They're also asking him to do a lot. Like if you're truly moving outside and inside as a rookie, that's all you got to know two different positions and all the different assignments within those coverages. It's pretty complex. I mean, even in a in a defense that's relatively simple compared to what they were running before in the past, it's that's that's asking a lot from a rookie. As far as fields, well, number one, you want to see him get out of this game as clean as possible. But you want more completions like the 19-yarder to Cole Clement or some of the play passes that we know are installed in this offense are utilized. He feels comfortable. You want to see him step up in the pocket, deliver strikes down the field. You want to see him get to his checkdowns quickly. 
You want to see a rhythm. You want to see a quarterback who's comfortable. And there'll be some snaps where it doesn't look like it. That's my prediction, but he needs to deliver like one down-the-field shot like of 20-plus yards I think would be a, a great confidence booster for this offense. I know he's had one, right? Wasn't that Darnell Mooney one? 20-plus yeah, yards. Yeah, he's had a couple. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, a couple big plays to commit last week that you like. Um, but look, I, I'll say there's a couple things I want to talk about with Tuesday's practice. So a couple days ago. Uh, first of all, for for them to say that the, we're doing a mock game week and then to have the pads on and be that damn physical. You, you and I were sitting there watching this. I loved it. I can't expect that to be the norm every week during the season. I think that that is more likely, hey, we're just coming right off a of training camp. We're still in the preseason. We got 80 guys in the roster. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think it's a bad idea to have pads on on Wednesdays and get after it a little bit during the season. I think you got to be smart about it. But the, the thing I said to you, I think I turned you in practice that day when was like, the days of babying these guys are over. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 there'll be a point where come November where practices are lighter just because they, they always offer teams. You have too many injuries. Too many bumps and bruises. You have to get these guys to Sunday. Veteran days, a lot of walkthroughs. That's just how practices evolve throughout the season. There's just less contact. But right now, with Matt Eberflus using the words identity, like establishing that identity, the way we want to play football, that's part of it on Tuesday. They want to be physical. They want to be aggressive. And this applies to both sides of the ball. So I love that practice in terms of Matty Bufflew's trying to get that identity going, knowing that he's going to have lighter practices this week. Yeah, that was... There were times where we were like, are they going live right now? or What was that? No one was going to the ground, or at least not intentionally. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. Guys were going to the ground. It was like really... it It was thud, but it was hard thud. Roquan Smith had one of those. Yes. Right off the bat. Apparently, we're not supposed to talk about that anymore. I don't know. I'm interested in terms of, like, this is our first glimpse of him back after his Holden. Yeah. Like, how angry. Like, what does an angry Roquan Smith look like? I know we talked about this in the past podcast, but this is the game. This is the start. Even if it's five or six snaps, because, again, I don't think he's getting many. I want to see that tenacity. It's going to be there in the first snap. You know that. I'd give him a couple series just because this is a new defense for him. He's got to work out some of the kinks. See, I think he'll be on a, like a 10-snap limit, something sure. like that. Montgomery might be like five. He might get two carries and a opportunity to pass block. That's about it. I'll tell you what, though. If Montgomery's only getting five snaps, Khalil Herbert and Tristan Ebner, we haven't seen them practicing. Darrington Evans and Demontre Tuggle are going to get a lot of playing time oh, in this yeah. game. Yeah. I think Evans is on the roster, by the way. Interesting. So four running backs then? Mm-hmm. Technically five if you include the fullback. Yeah. It's going to be a running first team, Adam Hogue. I think one of those two fullbacks are definitely on the You're team. You're going to need more. 
You're Other ones more. on the full practice squad. And if you look at Ebner and Evans, though, they could play in special teams in half. Khalil, Her- Khalil Herbert's had kind of a rough preseason. Not always practicing, struggle in pass protection a little bit, still hasn't really proven he can catch the ball. I mean, you handle the ball on a run play. He seems still seems like pretty pretty good, but there's other things yeah. you got to do. Yeah, we were asked to give fantasy predictions or or fantasy developments from training camp, and the one that I submitted, check this out on theathletic.com right now is the it's going to be running back by committee. But to your point, I'm not questioning what I decided to to, to input, but David Montgomery has been saved for a seat, for a reason. And you're almost wondering if they're wondering if they need more from Khalil Herbert. But then you have Ebner and Evans coming in. I'm interested to see what this backfield rotation looks like. Because you just look at the 49ers. They rotate guys in and out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't the Packers have one of the best backfields in, in the NFL? Yeah, but it's still mostly the Aaron Jones show. Yeah. But, yeah. They drafted, they drafted the guy in the first round last year, did they not? Like two years ago? I think it was the second round. Second round? Yeah, the kid from uh, Boston College who took the head off a mascot this summer. Did you see that? What's that? Um, A.J. Dillon, the guy yeah, with the, the giant quads. <laughs> I was about to say the guy with the big yeah. thighs. No, the second-round pick in uh, 2020, and uh, he was at a, some minor league game in Wisconsin, I think. And oh, they had, he yes. went head to head against the mascot, like they yes. lined up against like an, each other. Like an Oklahoma drill, yeah. And he just popped them, <laughs> and the mascot's head flew off. <laughs> so, so I mean, I hope the that, guy was okay. That reminds me of which mascot was at the Pro Bowl that got slammed by Jamal Adams. You remember that in the sideline? I don't like, know. If, like the guy was oh, concussed. Oh yeah. And then there was the um, the guy with the the uh, boom mic thing a couple weeks ago at the Bears game. They got taken out. Oh, he's in bad shape, by the way. Really? It, yeah. It's not my story to tell, but talk to Pat Finley about that. Like how bad? Like bro- just broken bone or worse than that? Uh, like his leg is messed up, beyond messed up. Oh, no. Yeah, I feel bad well, for him. Well, prayers are out to that guy. Yeah. And that was not his full-time job either. Oh, man. So Mark Carmen told some story on the post game about how he got asked by somebody in the middle of the week, hey, do you have anybody who could do that job? And he, the guy he had in mind couldn't follow through. So Carmen was taking the blame for that. Because otherwise, I don't think that guy would have been standing there in that position. No, no. It's crazy. No. Not my story to tell. Maybe Pat Finley could be a guest on here or Hellas Intrigue. But. Okay. Interesting. Well, I hope, I really hope he's okay. Same here. He looked bad. It looked bad in the moment. So it's, it's dangerous down there. Yeah, it is. I've been, I've, I'm, I'm actually surprised the six years I did sidelines Northwestern, I never got taken out. Yeah. Where are uh, you at on the sidelines at Carmel? Are, are mean, you in the booth? You're in the booth or are you on the sidelines? No, no, I'm on the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, right had, to jump, have you had to jump over collisions coming your way? Uh, I had one play last year where my shoe got taken off. Okay. 
Like somehow, somehow, it was a diving catch on the sideline. We caught the ball, and um, I jumped up to like basically jump over him, and then somehow only my shoe got taken off, and my shoe flew fifteen yards. Wow. Yeah. And how many times are you reminding your players to get back? Oh, all the time. Yeah. Well, technically, it's a penalty if they're it's true. too too close. So, yeah, that's a constant. And, and for us, too, as coaches, yeah. yeah, we need a get-back guy. Maybe you can come out and be our get-back coach. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Try to hold J-Mac? Try to hold him back? bigger than me. <laughs> Good luck with that. Tackle him. <laughs> <laughs> you could not tackle J-Mac. Ankles. Go for the ankles. Angle. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. Anything else from this game Saturday? No. Oh, I, oh the other thing I was going to point yeah. out from Tuesday, though. Just let's go back to Justin Fields for a second. Like, that was not a great day for Justin Fields. There were some passes, some foul balls. Even that short one that went off Darnell Mooney's hands. Like, yeah, you got to catch the ball. You're an NFL wide receiver, but. When it was not in a good position. When high. you're 10 yards away from the guy and you're throwing the ball 90 miles an hour, like, you got to have some touch. Yeah, he seemed surprised by it, too, Mooney, that it came his way. There was someone oh, open it, on the other side. Yeah, that was the other play where we, we, we saw the mismatch pre-snap. Yeah. Cole Komet was against a linebacker they should have been able to like, kill. Joe Thomas. Was it Joe or was it Matt Adams? One of them. Well, regardless, it, we're sitting there pre-snapper going, oh, mismatch, and then Justin never even looked that way. Which we don't know what his reads and keys are in that situation. So, you know, maybe he did the right thing for all we know based on what the coaches want him to do. But, yeah, it just, look, there's there's continuing to be some ups and downs here, and that's fine. I think overwhelmingly, I don't want to say overwhelmingly, mostly positive, and I would say in training camp in the preseason from the quarterback. But you want to see that continue Thursday night, especially, I'm sorry, Saturday night with uh, a lot of snaps. All right. Success and rhythm. Or rhythm into success. There you go. Rhythm would be nice. Rhythm is something. You said when's the last time we saw the starters playing a preseason game, like a whole half. When's the last time we saw rhythm on offense? Yeah. Mark Tressman. Remember that run of like first possession scoring drives? Oh, no, I don't remember that. (laughs) I think it was him. Another thing I've tried to was just not Matt Nagy push out of my no the Bears were the opposite they could under Nagy I want to say never it was Mark Tressman who had that okay always had a lead we that spent, would make sense because we want to apologize the, for talking about way too many former play callers on this podcast I know I kind of feel bad it's all right here's your Luke Getzey note I like what he's installing I do too. And that's where, like, if you're going to mention the Nagy era as, like, a reason why Justin Fields is going to not make it in Chicago, like, shouldn't you mention what they're doing now? Like, okay, one more, Venet. Like, that's what they tried to do last year behind two long-term starters in this league. Okay, not one long-term, or one long-term starter in 80 That's what they wanted to do last year, Mike Martz. Like, oh, so have them sit yeah, behind a veteran. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, never mind. Yeah. All right. Uh, last thing we wanted to do is just kind of give a shout out to uh, speaking of high school football, all the student athletes out there that are starting their seasons tomorrow night. 
good luck to everyone. Uh, I'm excited about it. Some big Matt Loyola's on ESPN on yes. Sunday. Maybe that's cool for them. Time I'll cheer on Loyola. Yeah, I know. As much as I'm an Ignatius guy, that, that's a Catholicly Northwest Side joke. Everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of, of course. They're they're the number three team though in our state, according to Michael Bryan of the Sun Times. Mount mm-hmm. Carmel, with former Bears running back Jordan Lynch as their head coach, is number one. Mount Carmel plays Saint Rita. It's the 100th meeting between the two schools. Is it really night. this? Wow. Yeah. At Mount Carmel, which is pretty cool. Both their head coaches are alums of their school, which is cool. Um, my alma mater, San Ignatius, is legit. They got this five-star defensive lineman, Justin Scott. He's got offers from everywhere. He's you're a not, beast. You're, you're not exaggerating. No. No, I looked him up yesterday. <laughs> He's got like Every- 40 offers. It's insane. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the first one, like that's listed as like Toledo. It's Bowling Green. Bowling Green, okay. And yeah. then you go down, like, oh. You start scrolling down, you're like, oh, there's Miami. There's, there's Michigan. There's, there's Michigan State. There's <laughs> Nebraska. There's Notre Dame. There's Oklahoma. There's USC. Wisconsin. But he's only a junior. I know. I know. Which is crazy because if you watched them in the playoffs last year, he would have been a sophomore, and he was just like the biggest guy in the line. Yeah. So, 6'5", uh, 310, junior. Okay. Michael Bryan. Check out his stuff on the Sun-Times, good friend. Um, What does he have, the Matt? Number 16. Ignatius? Ignatius. Good. I'll, right. give the, I'll give the top 10 real quick here. Let's do it. Let's just shout-outs to kids that deserve it, man. They're working yes. hard. From They're the Chicago Sun-Times, my guy, Michael Bryan. Number one, Mount Carmel. Number two, Lincoln Way East. Always a good program. Number three, Loyola. Number four, Batavia. Number five, Bolingbrook. Always good. Number six, St. Rita. Number seven, Glenbard West. Always good. They run like a 3-3-5 defense. Complete chaos. Number eight, Prairie Ridge. I think they still run the triple option. Number nine, Warren. And number 10, Kankakee. Kankakee made it to the state championship last year. Lost to Fenwick. Fenwick must have lost a bunch of guys. I think they did. They graduated a lot of D1 players. Yeah. Probably why they were so good last year. My my Dons play. uh, They open up with number 19, Willowbrook. Then they got the rivalry matchup against St. Pat's at ND. And then number one, Mount Carmel in week three. So that's a tough slate. Yeah, they got to so, so open up again the back-to-back years, but they made a run last year, won the Prep Bowl championship, but they got to survive the first three games this year. All right, it's fun. I'm excited. Tomorrow night, Carmel, Antioch, should be a fun game. There's just so many unknowns in the first week. You're Good like, luck, yeah. You, you know, you you need to get a game under your belt to really you understand. Don't really know until you have a real game. Yeah. So you keep, and you tend to have some optimism, right? But you know, then you see. Um, so, uh, all right. We well, should, good we luck should to do uh, weekly segments in high school football. By the way. Oh, so you're all for that, but not the college football talk we used to do. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Kevin gets his 15 seconds with Northwestern. That's all we need. Yeah. Okay. 
I'll take the trade. I don't think I would have done that trade a couple years ago, but now I'm down with it. High school football. F- You're Thursday. Your caramel hoodie. I see it. I am. Got one more, one more practice tonight before the real thing tomorrow night. I could have played. I we could have played last Friday. Now Thursday nights used to be like the big speech night. What do you mm. have prepared? Well, I'm not in that position to give a big speech. I'm just not even to your guys. Like, what do you? Well, how do you break your huddle for uh, the kickoff or kick return to start the game? Uh, we vary it. You know, sometimes it could just be like you know, caramel special teams. Other times it might be something a little bit more uh, PG-13. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like what Justin Fields did the other day. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We should times. mention that. We got, a, yeah. we got a shirt for that already. Yeah, good times and throwing dimes. That's good. Good times while throwing dimes. New shirt available in the Hogan Johns collection from Obvious Shirts, by the way. I was okay. down there yesterday. Saw Joe and Devin and the crew. It's a good place. We might do a show from there, from the Obvious Shirt store. So we're talking about it with them. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah. So uh, go check. If you haven't been down there, you should. It's down by right by Wrigley. You go, it's like a block from Wrigley. It's awesome. Good location. Um, but also ObviousShirts.com if you want to check out our collection. Everything's restocked. The hats, the T-shirts, the hoodies. It's almost hoodie season. I'm wearing one right now. I'm wearing a hoodie, not the Hogan John's one, but... Um, with the walking bear people love the walking bear so it's all available for you on obviousshirts.com all right well we need to get out of here follow us on twitter at adam hogue at adam johns reed johnsy kevin fishbane that story we talked about earlier dan pompey it's all on the athletic theathletic.com slash hogan johns where you go to get a good deal to sign up i'm at all chgo.com and shows every day at noon monday through friday Uh, If you want to check us out there, the CHGO YouTube channel. All right. We'll see what the Bears do. Saturday night, we'll be back next week to break it down. And um, see if the Bears are headed to the Super Bowl by next week. See ya. New year, same old f***ing Bears.